Welcome to Girl, Water Your Grass. We talk about all the things to better yourself, your family, your career, your dreams, your goals, and your life, and how God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We are just two girlfriends who grew up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky with five brothers each and have reunited to take our dreams to the next level. Now we're inviting you to get out of your own way, girlfriend, and come on this ride because on this journey of a lifetime, we never arrive. Welcome back to Grow Water Your Grass. We're super pumped to have one of our all-time favorite people back here on the podcast. We've had Jim Mayhem before, so welcome back, Jimmy. We just think the world of you, and we're so grateful to be here chat, chatting live with you. I think the world of y'all, and when you invited me back, I was so juiced. I mean, last time I went on, like, I had homework. I was learning about princes and kings, and I was listening to the podcast. I was like, I just hope I'm not a squire. Like, here we go. I, I just went launch. I launched because of that, and um, I'm honored, always. Oh well, we, had, we had such amazing feedback from your episode. We had so many people that they just absolutely got so much from it. And we were like, all right, we've got to have him back on. You've got so much to them and it's amazing. This is our annual recording here. It's been, that, it was last May. So check it out if you missed it. It was last early May, I think. And, and you know, one of the biggest things we said last time was, you know, I was born on third base and what am I going to do with that? It was really powerful. Um, totally. And really in America, we're all born on third base. You know. No doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, travel humbles you, and we've traveled a, a lot. You're like, my gosh, we have it so good. We have it so good. Um, but yeah, it was awesome because um, I just love being around y'all. I feel like I am lifted. That my wife is lifted when we listen to you or around you. I can just. I was talking about this yesterday in our prayer group. That, that, that as iron sharpens iron, I feel yeah. that way. It's not a, a man thing. It's a it yeah. is and it's not. It, it's those people of faith. And I always feel yeah. sharper when I come away from you. Well, we feel the same about you. We're just, you know, a high tide raises all ships. So bring Let's in the go. So today we thought we would just dive into a lot of you may not know that because Jim, you're such a positive influence and such an optimistic person, but you've had a lot of health health issues in your life. And oh, we just mm -hmm. thought it would be super inspiring for our listeners to hear how you really have made lemonade out of situation that a lot of people would lay down and, and wallow mm -hmm. in their sorrow. Not that there's not a time for that to grieve. Um, but also you, you know, in your life, we're all going to have crosses and we can allow them to make us bitter or make us better. And there's no doubt that you have picked up your cross and allowed it to make you better and just been such an inspiration to all of us. Yeah. So if we can go ahead and start back, you know, it, these things started pretty quickly after you got married, you entered in, you know, you're like, Hey, everything's going great. And then all of a sudden, whoa. So would you take our listeners back to that point? Well, even back, before. Yeah. Right. Actually, you know, before. start back wherever kind of this whole journey for you started and let's just take our listeners there. So it, it's interesting. So I was diagnosed as a diabetic when I was five. There are plenty of di type one diabetics. It, it kind of comes more into play later because 
That I mean, that always complicates everything. Like my immune system looks like Sanford and Son's truck. Like it, it's just a jalopy. Right. But um, yeah, I was working at a bank uh, with my father. We had just started this. It's it's. I'm 32. I met Kathy 18 months earlier. We got married, and I was feeling um this like kind of hitching my giddy up. I guess to go full redneck. Um. <laughs> And I was like, man, that hurts. And yeah. um, in my hips and and basically um, I ended up having both hips replaced at 32, I think it was. But before that, because I was so young, they had tried several different surgeries to save that, those hips, mm -hmm. at Duke and all this. And then basically I ended up at the Mayo Clinic and at the Mayo Clinic, um, they're like, you can do a surgery every year for another 10 years and replace them when you're 40 and or take them out now. Ended up taking them both out in a matter of six weeks. I would not do that again. Wow. Um, and it was hard. It, it, it was so difficult because everybody knows, like, Especially, basically, I had a surgery every five years, uh, every month for five years, every couple of months, mm -hmm. because we were trying to fix things. And then in the midst of this, I tear my bicep, blow out my shoulder, too, which is funny because I'm always, I have the biceps of a prepubescent teen. I'm like, how could <laughs> I tear my bicep? Um, I mean, you literally, we're a physical hot mess, like a disaster. I Oh, it's crazy. I'm like, I tore my bicep. I haven't lifted anything but a dive Mountain Dew in 15 years. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I'm going through all this. Now, think of this, too, kind of going back to what we talked about. It's the mental side of it. It's not mm -hmm. so much the physical pain. There's plenty of that. Physical chronic pain over time wears you down. But when you're a young man in your 30s heading on top of the world, and now you're out of work for a month. You're out of work. And then you're thinking about things like office optics. Your dad's the boss. You want to work hard. But wait, why is this guy out again? Why is it like mm. all of this stuff? And it just drags you to a place. Um, JP was a great help to me. Leaning on Chris and friends. But you're, you're trying to you're trying to pull yourself up by your bootstraps totally. in a situation that God is like, no. Nope. Pull yourself up. You, you can't. And, and God really, to me, it was like, you're going to have to rely on me mm. where it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't have many friends, matter how many friends you have. It doesn't matter how secure your job is. All of these things now in this situation, doesn't mean anything. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. And wow. it was a really, it, it was eye opening because I had to just say, it, I had to let it go. I was power. It didn't matter that I was, I could afford to go to the best doctors in the world at Mayo Clinic. I was still miserable. I was mm -hmm. still mm -hmm. getting through it. I mean, this was a five to really seven year journey. Really all your Everything. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, all, all of the advantages that I built in the world of men didn't matter. Mm. Your friends can only take you so far. Your new wife, poor Kathy had to, become the caretaker as I became, I mean, it was a, a role reversal, mm -hmm. but it, it's interesting because as I was in that and just coming out of that, um, 
it sent me down a lot of different paths where I said, I stepped away from the bank and that's when I went to work in foster care. I was like, life is too short. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to worry about what people think of the bank or my father or this or that. Like I'm going back to work with kids. It, it, if I have to feel this way the rest of my life, Kathy, what do you think? I listened to Kathy more. I saw way, I, I saw what, how she had to suffer, which it made me suffer watching that because it was the last type of husband I wanted to be where it's like, mm-hmm. no, nope, you can't even get up and walk to the bathroom. Like yeah. you've yeah. got to, oh, I, I, I lived in a hospital bed in our den for months, Yeah, you know, and it, it was a forced, I need help forced. I need help. On top of all that during that time, this was, you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, probably 10 years ago. At this time, they were still liberally applying uh, opioids uh, or prescribing that. Mm-hmm. So I had to get on that and then get off that, which that was worse than any surgery. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Not even close. Because they were, what do you mean by the worst? The withdrawals from opioids? Yeah. And just think about it, too. I mean, you basically had to be on it for five years. Yeah. Wow. Because you're doing Mm -hmm. big, huge surgery. Like you could be like, oh no, I've got this. I I can just take this level. No, you're having big major surgeries. Mm -hmm. And you so you had to have your Mm -hmm. body gets addicted after a few weeks. Yeah. And then you got and then it's like, okay, you're okay. And then you gotta get off it. And it I mean, but you wanna talk about you wanna talk about praying and it's the worst because, like, I don't drink. I don't. I never. I've never done drugs in my life. And of substance. Yeah, I, it's it's like, like we like fine. Like if people do that, I'm not a judgmental guy. I don't care. I just never needed it or wanted it to get me there. I like the clarity of my mind, and and it doesn't mean I won't have a drink at dinner with y'all. But I just I'm not doing it by myself, yeah. and. And all of a sudden, I've got to have this stuff to get through these big major surgeries. And it just, I think what it did is it it simplified my life. I always talked about to people, what are what are the lowest common denominators in life? And, it, and to me, it was boil it down to that. And for me, it's God and the human heart. So that's always like teaching and foster care. If I can play in those sandboxes every day, then I'm doing something in the lowest common denominators in life. And I think I can, I, I, I think I, you can leave something that matters because as great as cards or access or money, like none of that goes with. You. So what's the lowest common denominator? And I, I could see now looking back that, that I wasn't on some bad path at all, but I could see that at that point being my having my life boiled down, like truly whittled down to those points, mm. um, wasn't a bad thing. And it, it created a relationship with the Lord that I, I feel like is 10 times better than if I hadn't have gone through it. Part of that's personality. And I mean, I, I, I get distracted. I want to go try and do everything that probably isn't good or this or that. But at that point, and then to be able to step away from big money flying all over the world for the bank doing all this stuff and be like no 
life's too short. That doesn't matter. I'm going to go live in a cottage with a bunch of foster kids. Um, I'm glad I went through that. It also grants you, I think it's, it's interesting. I remember reading the problem with pain by Mm -hmm. CS Lewis, which is really good. It's very thick. I mean, you need like three friends and a study guide for that one. Mm -hmm. Um, anything C.S. Lewis really, which who I adore, but I I think it it is, it's hard because so much of pain is so personal, right? And and all that. I'm just saying it's more of if you're going through it, if you, if you, people, there's so many quick fixes and things that people say, try this, try this, try that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, it's amazing. And it takes about 42 read-throughs to really get. But um, the there are parts in it where it's like, to me, like I said, what it did is it boiled down my life. There is no silver bullet. There is no one prayer. There is no, I already believed in God. It wasn't like, oh, I went through this. I can't believe in Christ. It was, oh my gosh, I am laid as low as I can be laid. Mm. And, and to me, what it did is it, focused a a bright light clearly on um the relationship with the lord and that's when one of my favorite um verse came one of my favorite verses which it it talks about uh, in psalms being a lamplight beneath our feet right and i like that so much i can't remember if i talked about this last time with y'all but a lamplight doesn't show you the next 10 steps. And I had lived a life of, of third base luxury where I could plan months ahead and all these different things. A lamplight shows one step is one safe step. And my life went from being able to think, oh, two, five and 10. Where do I want to be two years, five years, 10 years? And it became get through the day mm-hmm. and don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough troubles of its own, right? Like today has too much, enough troubles of its own. Just worry about today. And it, I, it was really boiled down to just today. And I guess what I can say, if anybody out there is listening, you can make it. I was, I was in great physical pain. Even the medicine didn't do but that much. I was thorough. I was on the craziest amount of stuff. And I couldn't see a way out. I couldn't see mm-hmm. a way out. And I'm like, this is this is miserable. And I, I'm well out of it. I'm well out of it. And it might take months. It might it took me, it took years. I uh, I just just boil it down to the, the lamplight beneath your feet and take the next safe step because you'll get there. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It is difficult. But I remember uh walking, limping to a little church at the end of the street. Uh, at one point near the near the end it's like lord i i i just went to the courtyard i didn't even go inside and i needed them because i was done i was like lord i i wasn't suicidal but i didn't care if i died mm-hmm. if that's the way the best way to put it i didn't care like if i've got to go on to glory let's go because and i'll be out of my pain right <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll be fine and and that's not really me like i no. love every day love life I love it. And when it's time, it's time, but I'm going to go live. And um, I remember limping up there and I was like, Lord, I I can't, I I can't do it anymore. Like I give this all to you. I need, 
a plan, a next safe step, but I've got to find my way out of this because mm-hmm. of you, through you, with you, Lord Jesus. And I got nothing. And then I prayed that, and it wasn't some big lightning strike, but I was walking back um, to the house, and I'll never forget this. It's probably the closest thing to seeing something I've ever seen. But I was walking back, and uh, I told Kathy about this the second I walked in the door, but a dove flew and landed about six inches in front of my feet. Wow. And just looked at me and then flew off. Like, mm. I didn't have a lot. Yeah. And I was like, all right, thank you, Lord. And then literally, I was three weeks out from getting into a mayo to something. I'm like, I don't think I can make it three weeks. And I walked back in the house and two hours later, got a phone call saying we had a cancellation. Come on up uh, the two days from now. And I drove to Minnesota and started, and that really kick started the whole way back you know something you said there's two two things I wanted to ask you about here is I think something we all struggle with especially high achievers is ungodly self-reliance and it's a constant um, challenge in life to really you know when when we are in the hard times and just really I'll say white knuckling it because we think that we have to figure it all out and you know I, I think I even have that attitude a lot of things like I have my kids do something they don't do a good job with it like clean the toilet bowl you got to go back and redo it and you're like I may as well just do it myself and I think that do it myself mentality comes at a, at a cost whenever you are you know a goal oriented an achiever and so I love how you said that there there will you have this time and I believe we will all have times that just bring yes. us- where we will be shown we are not God, nor are we designed to be. And you can't. No. And this opportunity to move you out of ungodly self-reliance and your acceptance with it is amazing. And it's just, you know, I, I would say we've all had those times where we've been brought to it, where we know we can't do it. Has that lesson in ungodly self-reliance stuck with you for the deck for the last decade? I, I was going to say it was one of the best things that made my life actually as hard as it was, has made it that much easier going forward. Starting a business, building a business, there's a lot of do-it-yourself moments. It's still very hard. And there are times when you, because of all that, I've got to, I I can see it. I'm like, okay, Lord, I just got to trust you. I'm managing people. I'm trying to do X, Y, Z. And Lord, I can jump in here and try and fix all this, but the best thing to do is to give it to you and to pray and let you lead these people or help me with this decision. And I'm so much quicker to pull that out than, oh, I got to jump in and clean it myself. Yeah. Because I can see, I'm like, I know what I want to do. I don't feel like, I think it's 50-50. And I'm like, wait, is my 50% effort stronger than the, 50% 50% of the good Lord's effort. N- yeah. No, that is a very clear no. Yeah. And, and to me, I think there's so many times where, and I, I I hired a lot of young guys from in my business on purpose to teach them. I'd, I'd rather train them than hire somebody else's training. Totally. And now that means we take on the burden. And I've talked about this with my management team. We take on the burden of teaching which like it's easier to hire a guy my age to run the shop, the store, because he's got all this knowledge. It's harder to spend the time early teaching somebody 
to do it the way you want, do it the right way, da 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 and the challenges that naturally come with youth and this and that. But in time, they get it. They're going to do it exactly the way we'd like to do it. But there are times when you're going through that and you're like, this is driving me nuts. All right, Lord. Um, this really is a you thing, not a me thing. And, and we'll sit around and pray and say, all right, just touch this person or talk, like soften their heart or soften their mind or kick them in the butt and let's get going. When before it'd be like, no, I need to create 42 training programs and do this myself. When it's like, no, I I really don't because that's not necessarily really going to do anything. And I, I think that it, what it does is it builds patience for sure. Because when you're like us and you're like, go, go, go. And it's, we always like situations where if I try harder, it will get better. Right. And the good Lord is fundamentally not that he wants you to try hard, but if, if it's always just you try hard, it gets better. Then you don't need to rely on him. Yeah. And, and to me, I learned that very difficult way probably the only way I could have learned it Mm. going through this. And I am thankful for it. And it stays with me all the time. You know, two things with that also, one was that reminded me kind of the story. I was doing mission work over in Costa Rica um, and we were going through, I was with a group of people and we were going through this like rainforest area where Literally, the, our our guide, and he was from there. He had a macheting. He's hot, you know, macheting our way, and you know, we're going to this area where literally people had never like they still worship tree gods. So we're going to this area where they've never even wow. seen white people, and we're hiking along. And it was it was interesting because we're all in single file, and it had rained, so stuff was really slippery. And on the one side, if you fell off, you know, bye bye. God bless your dad. <laughs> and right. like, there's a little bit of the side of, you know, you could kind of hold on to like a, you know, a tree branch or something along the way. And I remember the Lord actually giving me that verse. I just learned about how, you know, the lamps back then you could only see the next step. Right. And yes. going along the way, you know, I'm stepping in the footstep of the person who stepped in front of me. Right. So everyone's following the guide. So the guide right. step. And so you're completely reliant on that, just that next step, that next step. And I thought the Lord say, as I was going, he said, Maria, this kind of reliance, this kind of next step, and you're just, you're depending on the guide because you don't, you don't know anything else. That's what I'm asking from you and from my children, like that kind of reliance. Totally. And so that's, it kind of reminded me of that, of like, wow, you really were put in a position where your money wasn't helping you. Your friends couldn't help you. Even your wife. I mean, she was yeah helping with go to the bathroom. Nothing, nothing could take away that physical, emotional, mental pain of, of being in that space. And so um, I, I just love how you shared that part. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious also, as you, you know, you've been able to take this you know, getting out of the ungodly self-reliance, you've been able to take it into every area of your life. How have you noticed that that season of, of going through that, how's that impacted your marriage? Oh, it, 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 a lot of cool ways. That it, It's a great thing. One, I mean, you just get married. You're so excited. All these different things. You're about to be, you, yeah. you know, MK. But like all of a sudden, all these things you want to do 
for your wife and for your life are done. I mean, it's it's a main reason we don't have biological children. Like, not only was I physically absolutely crushed, I, like, I couldn't have been a good dad, like, at the time. Like, that would have been really, really hard uh, at, at that time. And, and all of a sudden, your roles are switched. Like, yeah. Like literally, like a mother versus a husband wife, right? It's like she's more yeah. like your mother taking care of you. Oh, which is not a good way to go, right. especially early. And like literally or on our honeymoon, <laughs> uh, on our honeymoon, I'm like in Hawaii with Kathy, and I'm like, I, I feel I feel a hitch in my other hip, and I had just gotten one, had a bunch of surgeries. I'm like, I think this one's going. That's on our honeymoon, wow. and. And then you have to work through all this where, which you guys have talked about before on your podcast, where it's like, one, you, you deal with guilt, which doesn't come from God, which is, I can't take care of my wife the way I want, which is huge with a dude. Mm -hmm. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh, it's huge. Mm -hmm. And then you get into uh, what you guys have talked about, like the emasculating thing, like, Right. I can't do all this now, but I can get up and fix this sandwich. I don't want you to fix it. I want to make the sandwich. But you're just trying to help me. But I'm trying to do God knows one thing today, and, and and that I can do myself. And and she's trying to have. She has such a servant heart in these different things, and it's it changes everything. Where I'm like, oh my God, like truly taking yourself out of what you want your role to be. Well, that's not going to be your role, big guy. Okay, at yeah. least not for now. And then. Okay, we're going to do it this way. But it, what it did is shines a light on a true partnership. Mm. Like, like, and I probably wasn't in the, as great a spot for that when I first got married. Um, you know, you're riding high on top of the world, all these different yeah. things. And, and yourself, right. So, this yeah. And, you know, you're this social guy that's doing well in money and life and jobs and blah, blah, blah. And then, again, all that goes to matters nothing. It doesn't matter when you're in your house, living in a hospital bed, set up in your den. Mm, and yeah. um, and you go through these di different phases, but it, it, it shined a light on the need to communicate, really talk with yeah. your wife. And, like, like... And I had to say, and then you're embarrassed because even though you didn't pick to be on these drugs at all, you're like, God. And, and of course, you all know all the, the news that's out there about opioids and that. And you're like, I didn't choose it, but am I am I an addict or this or that? Or, yeah. and, and it's awful. It's awful. Mm -hmm. and, and you're not. And you get off it and all these it, very different things. But it, it's it creates like that same piece where the same way I had to learn on the self-reliance thing being uh that's not really gonna work you gotta rely on God yeah you have to create a different type of relationship with your wife than what you mm -hmm. thought it was gonna be when you got married if otherwise you're gonna be because I'm bitter and I feel emasculated and this you're mm -hmm. gonna turn and eventually you're gonna take it out on her which she doesn't deserve it totally because she's trying to be a servant and you're just trying to be a normal man. And it's like, no, you know what? I'm throwing all that out mm. and just saying, all right, Kathy, I, here's what I'm feeling. Talk through it with me. 
here's what I need. Here's what I think I need. Yeah. What do you think? Like, really tell me, what do you see? I can see it in your face. Cause I can see us. We're just dragged down into this hole. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do we need to do? Mm-hmm. Cause this, this isn't what either of us wanted. This will be a season. This can end. We think, right. and you don't know then. Yeah. Now you and, don't know. Yeah. But at the very least, if we're going, if, if, if I'm going to be bedridden the rest of my life, this is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a, a guy's mind, same as the girls, of course, but you're like, I don't want to say this out loud. I don't want to confess that I am unable. I am weak. I'm 34. Yeah. 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 And, mm-hmm. and there's some pride there, but of course that that's the key word, right? Yeah. That yes. Get rid of this pride and talk with your wife and say, okay, I need, I need help. Mm-hmm. How do we, how do we fix this? And it's, yeah. it, it's not a silver bullet. Like yeah. there is no silver bullet. It's going to take time and practice. It. But man, as soon as we started doing that, everything got better. I love how, you know, and I want to give Kathy honor because mm-hmm. yes, when you're on your honeymoon and you hear up, oh, things aren't going well. Like you're thinking, this isn't what I signed up for. And I think in life so many times when we go to the altar, uh, you know, I, I just think like we walk into a marriage unexpectedly, not knowing what to expect, but we focus on the for better in, in health in good times. And we don't think about the for worse in sickness and in bad times. And, you know, she really has been to me a hero and embracing what marriage is and walking into the unknown and saying, I love this man. And we're going to do life together, whether you're bedridden or not. I mean, you all, this woman is amazing. And I always say behind every good man, it's a better woman. And I just think the world of her and she has such just a, a heart that is just, I mean, you can just feel it from miles away. And I just, I think the world of her because of how I've known you for years, longer than Kathy's known you. And yes. having seen her be so supportive of you, having talked to you when you're in a hospital bed and being like, Jim, what is going on? And you're in this hospital bed and, you know, it's not what she signed up for, but it is what you sign up for. And you go into that not knowing, and she has just beautifully embraced what it means to, to be married, to be committed and to walk that walk with you and not say, well, this is yours. You're on your own. And I just, I just want to give her a shout out because she really is. I can't give her enough shout outs and I'm far from perfect now. (laughs) Um, she'd tell you that watching me go through all the different things, building a business, but she is integral to anything that, Mm -hmm. that we have or have done. I mean, and also, I want to give her a shout out for this, too, that in, in the midst of that or near the end of that, I'm like, Kathy, I really think we should leave this job that pays six digits and move in with 12 abandoned, abused high school girls and go to foster care. I feel that this is it. And she's always been the one that home is where your hat is, right? Like, wherever you go, I'm going. And it's like, you want to talk about taking a crazy leap? Yeah. And and it's great. I mean, we've got one of the girls coming uh, this tomorrow tonight, coming awesome. to visit. Um, but that was a step that we both took. But when you mm-hmm. you look at same with guys again, but women is like, do we have financial security? Do we have all this? We've just done five years of hell, and now we're going to give up That's everything. Yeah, you know, house on the golf course, secure job, da da da, and we're going to make. $21,000 a year and move in with a bunch of high school 
uh, girls that are abused, abandoned, neglected in one of the toughest jobs in the world. And That's faith, people, that is living <laughs> on faith. That is, total. that is her. Yeah. That is her. Because, of course, yeah. I couldn't have done it. If she said no, I would say no. Yeah. But um, that and then come out of that and then go into business. And, she, and, and of course, before all that, now I'm talking more to her. I think we should tackle this. Yeah. But what do you think? Like, really think. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I talk way more than she does, of course. So it's amazing she can get a breath of fresh air. <laughs> but because um, I do think times that we're kind of reversed in that or she's a lot quieter. But I'm like, I need to know. And mm -hmm. she's like, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. I don't think I would have asked and, and garnered as much of her input. Mm -hmm. without having gone through a place where I had to have it Dependent or just go down. Yeah. Oh, I, what I see, what's so beautiful with that too, is it really created a space where I, you know, one of the things that as, as Matt and I've been doing our marriage prep and just even talking with couples who've been married for a long time and learning and gaining wisdom. And one of the things that we've noticed is um, so many people are not transparent, you know, even in their marriages. Oh yeah. And the best ones we've seen, there is such a complete openness of, Hey, this is my heart. It, it isn't always pretty. It isn't always, you know, this beautiful, whatever, but like, but it's me and it's real, you know, and, and God's in that with us. Jesus is right. I can't, with us. I can't agree with that enough. Yeah, because even if your heart is good, yes. you're still like, Just, there's like the weeds. Did they it. really want to know this about me? Right. And that's something that my, uh, my fiance, he's very, very open. He's, he's, he has a gift for transparency. Like he's just fearless in that space. And, but what it's done and we were talking about this recently was it's, it's amazing. Cause it just, you kind of end up going there in those conversations that normally, like I was talking with a friend of mine, she's like, Marie, you guys are getting into conversations that we didn't have that until honestly, like five years in our marriage, you know? Yeah. And, but she's like, honestly, she's like having that now that's incredible because that kind of vulnerability, that kind of transparency and openness, that's powerful. And so to me, like what you're sharing with what you and Kathy went through in that time, it was it really created a space early on to go ahead and, and tackle that. And now look at the fruit that that's reaping, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're buddies, you're such buddies. And I think in yes. there is so many times people aren't buddies and I'm like, there's going to be times when listen. You can't, you know, you can't always be each other's lovers and that, that will wax and wane whenever you have babies or you have jobs or right. you're traveling, but being buddies, I think is vastly important because there's going to come a day when you're 80 sitting on a porch, God willing, and rocking in your rocking chairs and you want to enjoy each other's company and like genuinely be buddies, right? It's funny you say this. If you ask JP, he'd tell you this. Before we were both married, I would say, I want somebody in the rocking chair with me when I'm 80 that I just love to be around. And I remember my dad and mom, and they had rocking chairs on a, at this little cabin in Kentucky back when they had it. And my dad carved a like CM plus P like, uh, your mom and, dad and I was like, that's what I want. And, and that's what led me to Kathy was that. Thinking and, about the future and like, not just thinking about today. And that's what makes for a good, beautiful marriage that you think long-term, right? It, it, it was, it's that's all I wanted. And um, I know we've got that in spades in so many different ways than I ever even imagined. Mm -hmm. But I think too, going back to what Maria, what you were saying, it was like, even when you're open, 
Mm-hmm. You train yourself to be open. Kind of like when you were, we were talking about being generous and giving, you train yourself. If you don't do it yeah. when you're poor, you right. know, you train yourself to be open because it's never like, it, it, it's never easy. Right. <laughs> but you train yourself to do it. And then, then especially for a guy, like uh, we we're, we like, Kathy will clean the whole house and I clean up like one cup and I'm like, look what I did. And like, <laughs> cleaned up one cup. I'm so good. Right. Once you're open, it doesn't end there. It's mm-hmm. okay. This is me. Then you have to say, okay, here's what I said. What did you hear? Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. I said, mm-hmm. I said I it you. this way. Yeah. I, and then you can see the, like a face crinkle and you're like, no, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't receive it. it how you said it, right? <laughs> yeah, here's what I said, but let me re, like, let me explain that. Yeah. Because that would make perfect sense to a dude. And you're saying it open, honest. Right. I want it more, but I said it like this. And it's like, huh? No, 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 wait, wait. What did you hear? And then you, so after you're open, you have to come back and follow that up with, okay, this is how it meant these yeah. type of things and, and and because you have to work through the openness rather than just being like i was open trophy <laughs> yeah because, because you'll feel that way you'll be like yeah. wow i just was open about something i'd never be open about and then you look and it's like it'll come back oh yes. sorry spam call um <laughs> it'll it'll come back later and you're like okay let's let's all talk through that together yeah. right a friend because of it's not it's not just hey i was open job's done yeah, yeah. <laughs> i always think it's funny a friend of mine she had this um this little picture and it had the quote something like you know what i said and what you what you heard me say I think made two different, maybe two different things. Can we clarify? And, yes. it was, and it was funny. She was, she was newly getting married and we were talking about that where it, it's so funny because what you're saying may or may not be what someone heard, you know, what that person heard you say. And, and it's funny how it does come back. Those conversations. It's an ongoing, ongoing. It's true. That extra amount of clarity. Yeah. Because I, I just know it. I just know that it's like, wow, I shared this thing. And okay, that's enough for tonight. It's not. It's yeah. not. Yeah. I think in life, I think most. Uh, I think most people are good and intend good and aren't out to get you or hurt you. And I think most issues are just miscommunications and misunderstandings. You know, no doubt. You yeah. took it the different way, and I might say you took it the wrong way. Well, who's to say it's wrong? I'm not right or wrong. Like you might have just heard it how you hear it. So just over you. I feel like you cannot over communicate enough. No, and that really translates outside of marriage. Can we talk about what your original question of like how has that helped you going forward? Yeah, not just in marriage, it, it's ha- like it's changed how I do business, mm. right? Like, yes. I want everyone's input. I like, I yes, I I am the guy running the show, but you have to have that that communication to run that set. Like, yeah. it's not all about that self-reliance. Like, yes, I have a lot of good ideas. I believe that, but, but I can't benevolent dictatorship this. I know that's a popular phrase with owners. Right. Great. That doesn't mean it's the right phrase. And it's like, we, you really have to get everybody's true input. Like, and yeah. you have to watch and say, 
same as when your wife crinkles her face after something you said that you thought was good. You're like, right. here's my idea. And you can see, okay, all right, let me step back. True mm. humility. Okay, this might not be right. You got to tell me, guys, because yeah. the last thing I want is just to hear my own voice. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of guys, when they build something from the ground up, they're like, this is my baby. It's really not. It's the right. Lord's. Like the ball bounced your way so many times. And if you think it was just you, you are that pride's coming back in. Mm. I love what you said. The last thing I want to hear is my own voice because I think actually that is what a lot of people want to hear. Is there yeah. and it's hard to admit that, right? Okay. And it's like you all, he really means this. But you know, I, I yeah, guess- when going going through the surgeries and, and doing all that, that's it when I was reduced to having to hear my own voice. And that was it. And then you get sick of other voices around you because now you've interrupted my voice and my peace time and all. It, it really, and you're like, this is not good. This is not good of just me. I mean, I, I, then you're going to end up with like being a Unabomber, right? a cab. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter how smart you are. If you just hear your own voice, um, it, it's just wrong in so many ways, right? Like, you, you have to it taught me those that times is the, the true value of of making sure that you not only are listening to other people but you're surrounding yourself with the right ones so good it really is and you all make no mistake about it jim has been through a lot of hard times and you, but you have you have beautifully carried your cross and even in those times i know none of us are perfect but you really have been able to maintain that optimism and that yeah. Natural, <laughs> magnetic, amazing personality that God bless you with, right? Like he just gifted you with this. You no know, doubt. You and it is like if you don't like Jim Mahan, you got papers, people. Uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> for real. I mean, he's just is. like a magnet. You just want some more of him. It's, it's all honor and glory to him. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, people, it's funny on the social media for all the, the trading card stuff, people be like, why are you smiling all the time? Like, like, especially when it's all over the world. And like my, my dudes in New York, like you too happy, man, what's wrong with you? Right. And, <laughs> and, and people know that you can sense genuine, authentic, true joy. Yes. And that's because it, it doesn't come from anything on this earth. And you cracked that no. code and figured it out very early. And, and it's, it's something other people want this light and love that you have. And they're like, why? Well, I don't get it. And until you find it in the Lord, you will be searching the rest of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's fun because it, it, when I see people, when they're asking that for real, like sometimes it's a joke and sometimes it's like, I don't get it. Why are you happy all the time? This is fake. This is not real. Like you'll see that. And I'm like, dude, my feet hit the floor this morning. I'm happy. And, and, and here's the story. I remember when they couldn't hit the floor. Also, the other part of the story is I went through all this pain. You move in with the abused kids and it's like, wait a second. I, wait, I know what happened to this kid. I've read the file and they're smiling this morning. Mm. I ain't got no problem. Mm-hmm. Like I got no problems after I know what you went You know, through. a lot of times I think we have crosses and then we forget. And then it's like, gosh, don't forget the lesson. Don't forget it. And you really haven't forgotten. You've carried it with you now for mm-hmm. 15 years. 
numbers and it's it's amazing. You know, I think about that story that we we rolled out in our newsletter earlier this week about, you know, life can be a pot of boiling water. It can be very hot and hard and you can you can allow life like a, like a carrot. If you put a carrot into boiling water, you can allow it to make you soft and to wilt and to fall apart. And and life can be a pot of boiling water and you can become like an egg. You can turn hard and and not like anyone and be hard to the world. Or you can be like Jim and you can be that coffee bean of you actually go out through the hard times and you don't turn into anything, but you change the world. And that's what you are to us is you are a coffee bean. You sure, are a, you're a coffee bean, Jim. I will take that having started a business in Columbia with the best coffee. I didn't even drink coffee till I went down there. I was like, oh my Colombian gosh. coffee. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like I needed more caffeine, but this is amazing. And and you, it's what you guys are too. It is, I just crave what you guys do and what you bring. Like after our first time on the podcast, I, I went out and listened to all, all the books you talked about. I, I just, I want it, it again, when you know what it's like to be laid low yeah. and I wasn't even as low as the kids I was around and all those types of things yeah. to be around y'all as iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another mm-hmm. one, one person of faith sharpens another is what really? it reads like to me mm-hmm. to to listen to you all and to see that, like it, it I, I sent all your, your stuff to all my girls. Oh, that's um, awesome. I did. I sent your podcast out and I was like, this, this is what mm-hmm. I hope for you. Like yeah. women like this. Yeah. And, and to me, I, I just feel that you do the same. I, I thank you for that. It's mm-hmm. all honor and glory to him. And Maybe. I just can't get enough of being around this. Well, we love it. And we, we thank you for being iron for us. And we're just excited to have you and share more goodness. And we just thank you for all that you are and all that you do. And we hope that you all have gleaned some wisdom from our dear, wonderful friend, Jim, this week. We'll see you next week on Girl Water Your Grass. Much love.